Welcome to the Counting Stats Podcast. I'm your host, Lou Landers, Director of MLB Content at DrRoto.com. And on this show, I'm just going to go through a mock draft I did this past weekend. I know that there is no baseball, there's no CBA at the moment, but that doesn't mean fantasy drafts have stopped. So I just want to give you a little bit of an insight to how this draft went. It is standard Roto 5x5, 15 teams. I had the 10th pick in the draft. Uh, Top of the draft, pretty normal. Trey Turner went number one. We had Jose Ramirez go number two. Nice power speed combo. Vlad Guerrero Jr. went three overall rather than in the five and six spot. Otani, the hitter, um, well, he's one player here, but went fourth. Then we got Tatis Jr. and Soto, who are typically in the top four or so picks. They went five and six. Ronald Acuna Jr., Bo Bichette, Bryce Harper at number 10. I took Ozzy Albies. I think Ozzy Albies being very underrated going into drafts. Last year, he had 30 homers, over 100 runs, over 100 ribbies, and 20 stolen bases. You're not going to find that in a lot of players. Uh, so something to keep in mind there. Trout went after him. Luis Robert, Kyle Tucker, Garrett Cole, and Mookie Betts kind of round out the first round here. After that, we saw Corbin Burns, Rafael Devers, Jordan Alvarez, Freddie Freeman, Manny Machado, at 21 overall, I took Aaron Judge to go with Ozzy Albies, uh, kind of locking in more power, counting stats. Pretty solid average, too. Not going to get you a lot of speed, but I have that speed, at least initial speed with Ozzy Albies. But lots of counting stats for me with those picks. After Judge went Scherzer, Bueller, Urias, Woodruff, Merrifield, DeGrom, Hendricks, Bieber, Mullins, Ray, Starling Marte, Josh Hader, Marcus Semien, Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, Emmanuel Classe, Lucas Giolito, Teoscar Hernandez. And then in the third round at pick 40 overall, I got my SP1 at Sandy Alcantara of the Marlins. He's going to give me 200 innings, going to give me 200 plus strikeouts, really good ratios as well. feel really good about him as kind of my horse there. Moving things along, Wander Franco went at 42 overall. Uh, we saw a bunch of closers go. Rasael Iglesias went 43rd overall. He was the third closer off the board, which is why I decided... I would go closer, early closers going earlier than ever. If you've heard other shows so far this season, I took Ryan Presley in the fourth round at 51 overall closer for the Houston Astros. Pretty locked in there as the closer there should be 25, 30 plus saves and maybe more, but certainly one of the better closers. There's about five to seven closers who really, um, kind of have that locked in job and he's one of them so i wanted to get one of those guys uh then later on down the road uh my next pick was in the fifth round and i went after a jonathan india second baseman for the reds um giving me two second basemen already it's a deep position so not necessarily advising everyone to do that goes to my middle infield spot but india is a good source of average a good source of runs can hit 20 plus homers and get me double digit stolen bases so that's kind of what i was looking for there especially after taking two pitchers and aaron judge don't want to forget about those stolen bases just because i took ozzy albies early on cannot ignore them but then i did need another starter and one of my favorite starters this season is dylan cease i got him in the sixth round pick 81 typically you can get him a little later than that but this 
this is a guy that was second in the AL in strikeouts last year, only going about 160 to 170 innings. Uh, so I'm looking at Cease and I'm thinking maybe he bumps up to 185, 190 innings and potentially can lead the league in strikeouts. Either way, it's an SP2. I'm looking at 400 plus strikeouts between him and Sandy Alcantara. Then I had to wait a long time. Seventh round, pick 100 overall. I went with J.D. Martinez, who was outfield eligible, adding to that power that I already have. Uh, 30-plus homers, probably 100 RBIs, lots of runs, solid batting average. So liking the J.D. Martinez pick. My next pick, third base is very hard to come by this year if you don't get one of the top guys or someone in the top 100. It starts to really thin out quickly. So I took D.J. LeMahieu, who is eligible first, second, and third. I'm going to use him at third base here. Uh, but just keep in mind, D.J. LeMahieu played with a hernia injury for most of last season the numbers really really took a hit he was a top 50 player last year so getting him where I got him um, definitely makes me feel pretty good at 111 uh, he has the potential to be a 300 plus hitter hit 15 to 20 homers no problem maybe give you five steals but it's top of the lineup in New York score a lot of runs maybe still drive in 70 to 80 so uh, could be a really good pick for me there in the eighth round moving things along again had to wait a lot longer um i wanted another starting pitcher and Fromber Valdez, a guy I've been getting anywhere from 135 to 155 in drafts. I got him 10th round, 141 overall. Fromber Valdez, a solid pitcher on a very good Houston Astros team. Really liking him at that value. You're going to see him go in that range pretty often. Uh, then in the 11th round, or did I miss a round here? I took DJ LeMahieu in the 8th round. Who did I take in the 9th round then? Oh, Jared Walsh. Yeah, I missed a round. Jared Walsh. Um, I got LeMahieu for average, went back to the power bat. Jared Walsh, middle of the order with the Angels, Rendon and Trout returning, hopefully healthy. This is a guy that could hit 30 homers, 100 RBIs, and have 275 or so batting average. So Jared Walsh is my first baseman. Then there's Valdez. I mentioned him. My next pick in the 11th round. I went with Dansby Swanson. You're typically not going to get Swanson this late. I'm surprised he fell as late as he did all the way down to 160. But this is a guy who can swipe double-digit bags, which is something to always keep your mind on. Uh, can hit 25-plus homers, won't crush your batting average runs, RBIs. Really good value in Dansby Swanson. Another Shortstop I really like in that 140 to 160 range is Willie Adamas. Both those guys are really being underdrafted with shortstop being so strong towards the top. Um, they can give you very similar stats to a lot of the top guys, and they are going in a really good spot. So Dansby Swanson, Willie Adamas, guys to look for kind of in that range. Moving things along to my next picks, just to kind of give you the idea of my draft breakdown. In the 12th round, I grabbed Andrew Benintendi, another outfielder who can be double-digit homers, double-digit steals, hitting in the middle of an order um, in Kansas City, should be able to produce runs and RBIs as well. So again, I only have one guy that's really known for the stolen bases in Albies with the 20-plus, but I've picked up a bunch of guys that are you know, 12, 13, 15, 11, whatever it might be. Those all add up, so keep those in mind. Um, later on down the draft, 
So I took Mr. Benintendi in the 12th round. So in the 13th round, I went after Gregory Soto. Gregory Soto was a guy that's not necessarily going to be the closer in Detroit, although manager A.J. Hinch said he was going to be the closer in Detroit. Also, um, kind of giving me hope. I have a lot of Gregory Soto because he's going in the 160 to 190 range. He is my second closer off the board, even if he only gives me 15 to 20 saves as a guy that's getting maybe 70% of the opportunities, I will take that, especially because I have Ryan Presley built in. Um, One of the issues with where I've been taking Soto and a lot of other places is that he's been my RP1. And it's not that I hate that. It's that because he's not necessarily going to be the everyday guy, him as your number one means you're kind of chasing saves throughout the rest. But the 15 to 20 he could get me, plus the built in half from Presley, makes me feel really good. And in the 13th round to pick 190, uh, Gregory Soto definitely going to do the trick. Just so you know, in this draft, we did not draft for uh, a bench. So we just drafted our 23 starters, the two catchers, first, second, third, short, corner, middle, five outfielders, utility, and then nine pitchers uh just so you can keep that in mind but soto my second relief pitcher then all the way to round 14 i grabbed my sp4 number 201 overall in marcus stroman with the cubs really stable guy not gonna rack up strikeouts but i got a lot of strikeouts with my first three guys stroman's gonna deliver solid ratios um if he throws 160 innings, could still get me 145 or 150 strikeouts. So it's not like he's lacking in the strikeouts. He's just not a strikeout first type of pitcher. But as an SP4, you could do a hell of a lot worse. I've seen teams with him as SP2, certainly a lot of SP3s in there. Down to the 15th round, 220 overall. Got a guy who I own in a lot of places. Trey Mancini, first baseman for the Orioles. In my corner, infield spot. Mancini is good for average, good for 20-plus homers, runs, RBIs. Solid player, especially at pick 220 overall. If you can get him in the 15th round, it's a steal. Uh, Typically, I've had to grab him in the 12th or 13th round. um, Kind of in that 170 to 190 range as well. So kind of keep that in mind. There's certain guys that fall, certain guys that don't. Always depends on your draft, of course. Uh, but those are my first 15 picks. Moving things along to around 16 here. Um, this is where I draft towards the top of the um, of the round, I should say. Uh, pick 231 overall around 16 AJ Pollock of the Dodgers my fourth outfielder a guy that falls because there's some injury concerns but with the NLDH with Seager gone with Taylor being moved around a lot um, Pollock should play 110 or more games and can certainly help you in average homer so swipe close to double digit bags potentially for you so kind of goes with my theme of getting athletic players who can kind of do a little bit of everything there as a fourth outfielder feeling pretty good about that in round 16 to 31 over all down to round 17 i got my sp5 jordan montgomery and this feels like an absolute steal because i've seen montgomery go as early as pick 145 or 150 as late as around 200 i got him at pick 250 uh other than garrett cole he might be the most reliable starting pitcher in the yankees rotation this year getting him around 17 pick 250 feels like an absolute steal there especially when you look at the guys that went around him Corey nebel who's never been able to stay healthy frank schwindel who's had what half of a good year christian vasquez who doesn't hit for power or really average. Um, then after Ian Kennedy, who's not signed, Aaron Savali, D 
decent pitcher. Kike Hernandez, solid. Vidal, Brujan, Riley Green. So I feel like that Jordan Montgomery is the best player taken in that range. And I was lucky enough to get him. Um, pick 261 round 18. Don't love this pick, but I needed a fifth outfielder. I wanted a guy who could hit 20 homers, steal around 10 bags. Clearly, I've said that a lot. It's a theme of the teams I'm trying to draft this year. I took Max Kepler of the Twins. Uh, This is a guy that not only could be traded to a better team, but a guy that has had really good seasons in the past, hit for a low average last year. Maybe that comes up, but even if it doesn't, 20 homers and 10 stolen bases with a bunch of runs and RBI is certainly going to help me, especially as a fifth outfielder. So definitely liking that pick. Then all the way down to round 19, 280 overall. Another pitcher I've been getting a lot of in the round uh, 19 or 20, pick 280 to 310 or so. Carlos Carrasco um, has had a lot of injury concerns, had the cancer situation a couple years ago as well. But he is expected to begin the year in the rotation. No health issues at the moment, wherever the year begins. And this is a guy that just a couple years ago was a top 20 starting pitcher. Uh, So definitely willing to take a chance on him in round 19 as my sixth starting pitcher. You got really nothing to lose taking him at that time. And he's a lot safer than a guy like Luis Patino, Alex Cobb, Steven Matz. Um, Sorry, not safer, more upside than all those guys. Some of these guys are going after him are safer potentially, but the upside from Carrasco is much higher for me. Um, 291, I got my first catcher, 20th round, Elias Diaz of the Rockies, a solid bat, especially benefiting from Coors Field. Um, Typically, he's going much earlier in the two catcher leagues, but again, sometimes people pass on catcher for a while once those top guys are gone, and guys can fall to you, and that's exactly what happened with Elias Diaz. Uh, Next round, round 21, I got my second catcher, Yadier Molina. I know he's old, but this is going to be the last year of his career and he still has a lot of built-in playing time great defensive catcher pitchers love him he's going to get the at-bats meaning he's going to get the counting stats so as a catcher too i feel pretty strong about that going down all the way to around 22 where i took a flyer on mike moustakis to be my utility player Mustakis has not repeated the success he had prior to his years in Cincinnati. Obviously, in Kansas City was great. With Milwaukee was great. But with the DH coming to the NL, Mustakis has a chance to kind of just focus on hitting. And this is a guy that has 30-plus homer potential, uh, can hit for an average. So, again, if this was a league where um, there was a bench and we were doing waivers, he'd be an easy cut if he got hurt. But he has the potential to really, really have a lot of earning value at pick 321 round 22. So Mike Moustaka is my utility. And then with my final pick of the draft, I took a third relief pitcher. I was going to take Jorge Alcala, um, but he's a guy that's not going in those top 23 rounds for the most part. He's a guy I think is going to be the eventual closer in Minnesota. But I ended up going with Cody Hoyer with the Cubs. Uh, I think that at the very least, he gets about 50% of the opportunities. Him and Rowan Wick are going to kind of battle it out for those saves over the first three to four months of the season. I prefer Hoyer. I think he's got a better arm. Uh, Cubs made a trade with the White Sox um, last year, which brought Hoyer into uh, the Cubbies uniform. And I think they did that with him in mind as their future closer. So a pick 340, 23rd round. I'm taking a flyer there on Cody Hoyer. Again, guys like Alcala, Wick can still be had. Some other closers that did go relatively late though, and it was kind of surprising, was Dave Bednar, um, 
I saw, let's see who else went kind of late from a relief pitcher standpoint. Uh, Karen Jack, who is certainly behind Class A, but if something happens to Class A, Karen Jack could walk in to save, so that's pretty good. Uh, Ken Giles went in the 21st round. Um, I mean, I don't think he's always going to do that, but he's a guy who could absolutely be the closer in Seattle. Dylan Floro went 19th round, 285 overall. He could be the closer in Miami. So as much as closers are going super early, there's a lot of spec guys who are going late, who you can get late. So keep that in mind for sure. Um, Of course, if you have any questions specifically about this draft, about my picks, about where certain players went in this draft, you can hit me up on Twitter, at Landers Talks, or on Facebook, Lou Landers. Um, I'm happy to answer any questions about this draft or where guys are going, if I think it's a good value, if I think it's uh, kind of a reach. Um, Speaking of drafts, I should say I am currently in the TGFBI draft as well. Um, That's a great a great fantasy baseball invitational. Uh, my league's a little slow. We're only a pick 101, but I can tell you I had the 15th pick. I went Raphael Devers and Mike Trout. Uh, it's a lot of average and a lot of power, um, a lot of counting stats, not a lot of steals. I'd be happy if I got 10 combined from them. But afterwards, I got Francisco Lindor hoping for a bounce back, and I got my built-in saves with Rysel Iglesias. Uh, after that, looking for some speed, um, because I think I might only have about 25 stolen bases with Lindor, Devers, and Trout. I went with Tommy Edmond, who's a 30 stolen base caliber guy. Can use him at second, can use him in the outfield. Right now, I have him in the outfield because I need five outfielders and second base is a very deep position. I also grabbed Dylan Cease after taking Edmond. Cease is my number one pitcher in this league. I told you in that other draft, I took him as my SP2, but this is a guy with tons of strikeout potential, uh, potential to lead the American League at strikeouts. I don't mind him as an SP1, and my pick, I'm four picks away, looking at starting pitching. Uh, Alex Manoa is there, Shane McClanahan's there. Hopefully one of those guys falls. Um, looking for some power bats. I can get Walsh. I can get Stanton. A guy like Blake Snell is there if those two pitchers were to go. Uh, Nathan Avaldi, Tyler Maley. So there's certainly a bunch of guys in the starting rotation I can get as my SP2, but a Manoa or McClanahan would be elite, would be ideal for me right now. I think both those guys could be SP1s by the time the season is over. I'll do another show kind of once there's a lot more of this TGFBI wrapped up, kind of going into more detail of my picks and then kind of where we're at, but wanted to kind of do a mock draft or draft recap episode for everyone who is maybe priming up for some of their bigger drafts, even with the season being delayed. Just so you can get an idea of kind of what my thoughts are on some players, where I'm willing to take guys, so on and so forth. But this has been the Counting Stats Podcast, Counting Stats Podcast, brought to you by DrRoto.com. I'm Lou Landers. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll catch you next time.